What's up, everybody? It's a brand new episode of Sketch-A-Cast. I'm back here again towards the end of the month of January, and it is very cold outside, but that's not going to stop us from having a lot of fun. So my guest on this new episode is my very close friend and and good old buddy for many years, MP Productions himself, Michael Pippione. Say hi, Michael. Hello. How is it over there in our good old home state of New New Jersey? It's cold. It's very cold very cold and tomorrow it's going to get even colder nice i mean it's already pretty cold down here in baltimore but what you gonna do uh, about it we got some snow uh, i think on tuesday nice and, uh, it's now gotten to the point where it's like almost completely frozen man i we don't get a lot of snow down here in baltimore so the, on occasion when, when, when we do it's like basically that once in a lifetime k- k- oh, kind God. of thing <laughs> by the way hi maggie yeah, I apologize in advance if she's if her parking picks up on uh, either of our ends. And yeah. also my incredibly uh, squeaky chair I'm sitting in right now. That's okay. There's a lot of ventilation yeah. going on in this apartment of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I do my Nick Box videos, I have to you know work around that. I and remember not to talk if I'm moving in the chair because you know, it picks up on that. Right. But anyway, so. My first question to you, good old buddy, is, so, you're in, into cartoons and animation, is that correct? Yes. What got you... Correct! <laughs> correct! Uh, what got you, you interested in, in that? Ah, oh, jeez. Um, it's a bit of a long story, but I guess it really... I mean, I always watched cartoons ever since I was probably, like, probably a baby, but uh, <laughs> I guess it really turned into a love once I discovered uh, Tom and Jerry on a cartoon network and i still remember to this day it was in the middle of a cartoon called mouse for sale which is the one where tom paints jerry white after he sees an ad that uh <laughs> they accept white mouse white mice at a pet store for money <laughs> so he gets the money but then his owner finds it but then <laughs> as if that's not bad enough take a while guess what she buys with the money uh a diamond pearl uh yeah yeah what an <laughs> seven minutes that would be <laughs> uh but anyway oh, so yeah after that i came hooked on Tom and Jerry and make a long story short, they were my introduction to Looney Tunes and a bunch of the other classics. And, you know, as I got older, a lot of my friends were starting to get out of cartoons. You know, I was really only starting to get more into them. And then by the time that a regular show came out in 2010, that was kind of when I knew that I wanted to do it as a living. Cause I can't, I had the foolish idea that I was hoping that regular show was still going to be running by the time I got old enough to graduate out of college. Nope. So I could work <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, SpongeBob is still going. So, you know, I don't know why. It's so weird. Well, SpongeBob's gotten better, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's besides the point. But, I, but yeah, I eventually started coming up with my own characters and did like little comic strips and stuff of them. Nice. And, and I'm sure that those comics that you created weren't just inspired by animated cartoons. I'm sure that there was some like uh, special like comic strips that you, you knew growing yeah. up too. Yeah, Peanuts is definitely up there as well as Garfield. Yeah. Uh, most of the comics that I read are just based off of cartoons that I like. Is that for a while I thought that they were just based off superheroes and I wasn't really into that. But then I discovered they make Looney Tunes comic books. And, oh, yeah. Uh, around that time, I saw that they were starting to make uh, comic books based off The Muppet Show. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah, and there's a few others, and now it's... I collect even, like, 
stuff from like the 90s like they made uh, Ren and Stimpy comics I have a lot of those and yeah. Animaniacs and I remember back in the day like it's mostly the 2010s when a lot of those like you know revival Cartoon Network shows were coming out like I bought some Adventure Time comics some regular show yeah. comics a, a lot of that, that stuff I never bought any Steven Universe comics because that show came, came out right around at the time where I was like oh, I'm not I'm not a fan of Cartoon Network anymore and and that lasted for, for like what six months <laughs> yeah but yeah Cartoon Network yeah. I was more of a Nick kid when I was little but like I think now I like more of Cartoon Network than I do modern Nickelodeon Oh yeah, like w w without a doubt, and they still have some fun stuff on Nickelodeon on occasion. Like, isn't yeah. isn't there that new Twig and Horse show or whatever it's called? Uh, it's Pony. It's it Pony, is. yeah, and and they also got you know Glitch Text and the Rise of the Teenage Mutant and Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Loud House and Casa Grandes is still on there, and right. like I said, like SpongeBob's kind of bounced back, and it's yeah. definitely gotten good again. And uh, I think like. I don't think I could possibly make a top 10 best SpongeBob episodes, but if I did, there'd be a few I can season 11, few. season 12 episodes in there. One of my all-time favorite SpongeBob episodes would have to be the one where he has the identity crisis and he's imitating everyone. Oh, yeah, Mimic Madness. Yeah, th th that was so crazy. That yeah. right there showcases Tom Kenny's vocal range yeah, so well. it's great. There's, a, there's one from season 11 that I honestly think could fit in with uh, season 1 or season 2. <laughs> called uh, Scavenger Pants. I don't know if you've seen that one, but uh, no, I don't think I don't think I have. Well, it's the time-tested formula of Squidward being annoyed with SpongeBob and Patrick, <laughs> and trying to get rid of them. Which, when done correctly, can give us classics like Idiot Box and Opposite Day and Squiz Day Off. And in this one, he uh, he comes up with the idea to send them on a scavenger hunt for all these insane items. But of course, they're able to find them really easily. <laughs> and uh, there's actually. Uh, lately, we've actually been getting a lot of references to older SpongeBob episodes, nice. newer ones. Like you've probably heard that they did an entire episode based off the "my leg" joke. Oh yeah, I've but, heard uh, about that. And ever since that episode, he's become a reoccurring character, Fred the "my leg" guy. Uh, oh, his fish. my face, also on my leg, but my face as well. <laughs> yeah, but in uh, Scavenger Pants, there's uh, two references, and they're both in the form of facial expressions. Absolutely oh, cool. enough, where when SpongeBob. One of them is uh, when SpongeBob and Patrick see where um, their first item is, it cuts back to them and they make the same uh, expressions that they made in the movie, the first movie, that became like that whole meme eventually when, <laughs> when their car got eaten up. Oh yeah, with the crazy face. Yeah. And then later on in the episode, Patrick makes a face that's identical to the face that he makes in Chocolate with Nuts when he runs out of the diner. <laughs> Does he also do, do the, I love you face? <laughs> no. Oh, I wish. <laughs> That's my favorite. Low-key, that might be my favorite. Not even moment, just second in the entire series. Hello? I love you. <laughs> this place you got here. <laughs> I think I saw Jack's film video where he was saying that a lot of times when he orders takeout, when he hangs up, he, he goes, Okay, I love you, just to annoy his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big boy Jack. You know, I think you actually introduced me to, to Jack's films, and the moment you, you, you did, I was like, this guy is a genius. Yeah, he's great. Which I know, like, d d debatably, there's not a, a lot of actual geniuses in the world, but I would say that comedians are probably some yeah. of the, the biggest geniuses. Well, he definitely uh, communicates with his audience a lot more, because he does, yesterday I asked you, and uh, a few different shows where it's about people's comments and stuff so nice that's awesome though 
But uh, with that said, so I guess also part of your influence is um, YouTube, whether it be, you know, vloggers or animations or other stuff. So how would you summarize your origins going on the YouTubes up to now? Like, what do you mean? Like me starting my own channel? or like uh, Well, that, but also like when you, you first heard about YouTube, how long you were on uh, there, but before you started your own channel. I heard about it when channel. I was a kid. Uh, I think like reference on like Fairly Odd Parents or something like that, or like a few different places. And that was back before copyright was a really sensitive thing. So people uploaded cartoons there. So I got to see like some Looney Tunes cartoons that yeah. like, weren't on DVDs at the time. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, I don't know. I think maybe the first channel that I, that I started watching like regularly was the Annoying Orange. Oof. Is, <laughs> I know it's kind of embarrassing. I still do see them sometimes. They still make videos. They make like three videos a week. How does that? Does anyone watch those videos anymore? I don't know. It's it's popular, I guess. They they still make them. I haven't it's heard like, anyone talk about that show since like. Yeah, I think it's like mainly like younger kids, but like they. They just recently passed 10 million subscribers somehow. I'm so I'm so surprised that they ever got one. Yeah, I don't know. It's I mean a lot of them are just like parodies of stuff now, or just like insert, or you know, uh, they do this segment now where it's uh, Orange and Pear uh, reading a classic story, but of course Orange messes it up just to irritate Pear. Of course, I I can already see where all the the jokes are coming already. Yeah. But, and, uh, um, yeah, that, those and are... also along with that, there's a, they haven't done one in a while, but, uh, they used to do this segment that was like super easy to edit cause it wasn't like fully animated. It was just like still pictures of the characters, but it's called how to where orange, it's another orange and pear thing where pear tries to teach you how to do something. And of course, orange gives you wrong advice and stuff like that just to get on pear's nerves. I don't know. When I look back at a lot of those like stuff that, that, that we thought were funny, like fucking fred and stuff I got yeah it, it, well, the, the actual youtube videos of fred are kind of like a nice time capsule of what youtube used to be but yet the movies and the tv show were pretty awful they're some of the worst entertainment ever made yeah the first fred movie is just kind of okay but the, the second one's worse and the third one is absolutely terrible <laughs> i think like even like back when i liked fred when i saw advertisements for the third one i was like they're Really? Another one? I know, right? Because, like, I think but by that point, Fred was really starting to, to dip. Yeah. Like, well, really the movies are trying to, like, be like the YouTube videos where Fred keeps talking to the audience and jump cuts all over the place. And it's like, it doesn't work like that for a movie. Even no. if it's, like, a Nickelodeon TV movie. Oh, God. And they made a TV show, and it was, like, the worst thing ever. Yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah, it, it just kind of, kind of shows how some things just kind of, kind of wavered down. Like... But but there are still some like older, mostly animations on YouTube that I you know look look back on and some of them are like so so cringe and others of them are like <laughs> they're fucking hilarious. Like I think I think you introduced me to like Hellbenders or something. I was and I didn't I didn't even oh, know. Yeah. Well, I guess I kind of knew who Oni NG and Psychic Pet Pebbles were. But yeah. when I saw Hellbenders for the first time, I was like, this is my jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a shame. I think they tried to sell that to Adult Swim and that. That's well, why they, they don't make them anymore. They they made a pilot for them, kind of, sort of, and then it just it, it kind of fell through, and someone like posted it on, online without their permission, and then uh, yeah, it, it kind of it, it was just one one of those things that just never really went through. But it's okay though, because Oni's you know still going through with his gaming channel. 
Psychic Pebbles made the the smiling friends. So it seems like all's all's good. Yeah. You, you think the smiling friends could be a decent Adult Swim series? I hope it does. I, I hope it gets past just a pile. Like it's, <laughs> I I feel like you could do a lot with that. But anyway, what I was saying is that even though if for whatever reason takes a longer time than most cartoons, I have my hunches that at some point in the future we're going to get a Rick and Morty movie. Oh, yeah. There, there's no denying that. Like, I haven't seen any episodes season four, but doesn't that have more episodes than any season in the series? No, it still says the regular ten. Huh. Uh, I don't know. I think season three was going to have more episodes, but then eventually they it just did like the regular ten. That's why they were originally going to do a third interdimensional cable, and then along with Morty's Mind Blowers, and then they had to decide, like, well, what episodes are we going to scrap? And they decided to do get rid of third interdimensional cable mm. which does suck because i uh, that's that's what got me into rick and morty is the uh, <laughs> first interdimensional cable episode oh yeah i think my favorite concept from rick and morty is just that one video game where you basically play life uh, oh yeah roy life well lived <laughs> yeah imagine if, if that was your own video game oh god don't make me think that <laughs> You're on your your tenth life. Oh no! <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I I take it those are your influences. Now, given your um, I guess interest in drawing, and I guess at, at your community college, you you mostly did like computer animation. Um, having actually anim- Somewhat, yeah. yeah, having actually done animation, would you say you you enjoy the the process, or do you just prefer coming up with wacky concepts? Because I remember as far back as Joe Kubert that like, admittedly, you you did come up with some really funny storylines. Um, I don't know, because uh, it was CGI animation there. It was kind of fun to do, but it's not really something I want to pursue. But you know, no matter what form of animation you're doing, it's, it takes a long time, so yep, <laughs> it's hard to say. But uh. I still have, like, story ideas for my own characters and stuff that I'd like to do. Yeah. So it's it's hard to say, really. I think it's a lot easier to make your own content now with, like, nothing. And you can make them yeah, like, animatics or something. That's true. And, you know, I don't have, like, uh, a lot of different softwares on my computer right now. But, you know, I am a very fast learner when it comes to stuff like that. A uh, little note to anybody out there who's hiring that might be listening. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I could probably learn Toon Boom or any of the other softwares that uh, the professionals use. Yeah, I definitely will recommend Toon Boom. It's a lot of fun. It's basically Flash, but a lot more efficient. It seems that way, yeah. Like, you can change the colors on just one keyframe, and every other keyframe will, will just change to that color. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. yeah I, that's the one thing I did like about the animation class in my school, is that um, a lot of it is uh, kind of does its own thing which may seem a little bit lazy but uh <laughs> you know you can put the little tracker on like one specific frame and move your guy to the next part of the screen and then like all the other frames pretty much move it for you so you don't have to do it individually right and you know some like industry veterans will, will go like that's ah, lazy animation i'm like no dude you need to understand that the industry just has to work a lot more efficiently now, you know? Yeah, and it takes forever unless you're doing something like South Park. Okay. Oh, yeah, like, the fact that, that, that they make one episode in a week is amazing. Yeah, that'd be a good job. I'd have to have just work for ten weeks and then just relax until September rolls around again. <laughs> but would well, it would probably be very stressful for those actual ten weeks. Well, yeah, th- those those ten weeks are basically just, like, animation, like, war. Because you're... Because even though it, it takes so little time, they, they have to work so many, many yeah. fucking hours. 
Yeah, well, if you ever seen the documentary Six Days to Air, a lot of times Matt and Trey don't even have ideas on like yeah. that first day. They just oh, have yeah. to like sit around the writing table and just think about like, well, what's happened in our lives recently that's mm-hmm. we can make fun of. And then they'll just come up with something at the last minute and go, okay, let's animate this, and the the crew's like, finally. Yeah. But at the end of the the day, animation's really hard anyway. Like I, I don't even know how long the smiling friends took to to, to make, but I think a, a, a lot of people appreciate. And I'm I'm not talking about animators. I'm, I'm just talking about people who don't even know much about animation, which un- is understandable. But it would be nice if we had more people who really understood just how painstaking it is to make not just a yeah, short film. Yeah, it isn't film. just that you have to draw really well. You also have to know techniques and software especially now and you have oh, yeah. to know what these characters are like and how they react to certain situations and stuff like that and just also coming up with ideas that are funny or whatever depending on what show you're working on if it's more of a drama then you have to think about unless you're something like gravity falls or danny phantom that uh, <laughs> has like a whole story planned out from beginning to end oh uh, yeah but danny phantom got canceled so we never got to see that final yeah well we got a little bit of that but most people don't like to talk about phantom planet Mm. I mean that that all aside. So, uh, as for animation nowadays, so even though movie theaters are basically in the the rudder now, even with a few studios having compromised releases, like oh, we'll release this in theaters, but also on streaming services at the same time. So, uh, especially you know, you you and I have services like Netflix and Disney Plus and yeah. HBO Max. I have Disney Plus, but uh, yeah, I've heard some. So given where streaming services are going now, do you prefer going to movie theaters or watching stuff on your streaming services anyway? Or uh, what do you think will happen with movie theaters and streaming services in the coming months? Well, you've probably heard that HBO Max is doing thing where all of Warner Brothers movies are being put on there and in theaters in the same day. Yeah. Like, even after we get vaccines, that's probably going to be what's going to happen, at least for this year. But, uh, but I miss seeing a movie on a big screen. <laughs> like, you know, it's, like, not just, you know, getting to be with other people, but, like, you know, the size and scope of a movie is so much better on a bigger screen. Like, I got to see the new Bill and Ted movie at a drive-in movie theater. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know, that was pretty cool. You know, but I've I, never been to a drive-in. Yeah, they don't really exist, but they kind of, because of circumstances, they, uh, they sort of made a resurgence. My dad used to work at one when he was a kid. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, his job was weird because it was like connected to some sort of charity or something. <laughs> so, so he had to go around and ask people for donations. But you see, back in the day, drive-in movie theaters weren't really made for watching a movie. They were really more of an excuse for couples to make out in public. So, <laughs> right. So, so a lot of times when he would knock on the window, he'd catch them in the middle of makeout. And I think he said like one kid spit in his bucket. And he's just like, but he's a little kid, and you know. They, a lot of times it's like seniors in high school or captain of the football team or whatever, so you can't really do anything. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so much cooler seeing a movie on a bigger screen. Like, even if you have, like, a flat screen TV, it's not the same as seeing it on a movie screen. Right. I mean... So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that, like, theaters are probably still going to be around, at least for a while anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're... I hope that, that they don't die out anytime soon. It's weird. I get both perspectives. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not a full-blown b- b- boomer who's like, oh, you can't watch a movie on your phone. You gotta watch a big experience. <clears throat> Christopher Nolan. But, like, at the same time, I do also enjoy watching some content on streaming services. I think TV shows and cartoons are, are better to watch on streaming services anyway. 
But when it comes to like a motion picture event, like yeah. you will want to see that. Like I think I I would kill to watch any of those new Looney Tunes cartoons in the theater. Now that would be awesome. Honestly, because I know like even Sam Register, the executive producer behind them, has desperately tried to get them released in theaters. Yeah, I heard that Curse of the Monkey Bird played in a few theaters in uh, L.A. just to qualify for. Best animated short in the Oscars. That would have been it amazing. Didn't, it, it didn't get nominated, but yeah, that's. If any of them out there deserved it, it was definitely that one. At least I, in the definitely. first batch of them that we got. I think a lot of the newer shorts that have been, been re- released recently definitely deserve to be Oscar contenders. Like, a lot of them. Yeah. I, like, I, th- I think the second batch is even funnier than, than the first. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, not to spoil any, but let's, let's just say that there's one. Tweety and Sylvester cartoon that's oh God, I know which one you're so about. graphic. I'm just like, is, is, this, is this Tweety and Sylvester or like a rated X Ralph Bakshi cartoon? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, going back to what you were saying, sometimes, particularly with a comedy, like it's fun to be in a big room with a bunch of different people because laughter's contagious. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, I don't think you have Amazon Prime, but uh, no. when it came out, uh, me and my dad were pumped to see the new Borat movie. Oh yeah, I've heard that was p- pretty good. Yeah, it's. We both agree that the first one's definitely better, but this one's still really, really good. <laughs> but you know, my dad saw the first one back in 2006 with my sister in the movie theater, and they they were dying at it. Right. Like, he waited for me to be old enough to see it, and we laughed at it again. It's. Just, <laughs> so yeah, I I wish that due to certain circumstances that we could have seen that on the big screen because it's yeah. really funny. But uh. I guess for someone like you who doesn't have Amazon, Amazon doesn't really put their original content on a DVD, but I'm sure for that one they will eventually because, you know, if a movie like that where he's talking to real people, there's (laughs) got to be a lot of deleted scenes. uh, Oh, yeah. He did another movie like that called Bruno. Right. Where the DVD for that has like 45 minutes worth of deleted scenes. It's basically like you're getting another movie. Yeah, you could honestly just like re edit that whole movie and it would it would be different but also kinda of the same. <laughs> but yeah, I think my one concern is that while it is good to have these movies on streaming services, I do also enjoy, you know, physical media as well. So like it would Oh totally like as as much as I love, like I, I would even go as far as to say that the new uh movie from Cartoon Saloon Wolfwalkers is like if not a full blown masterpiece, then so close to being one. Like, I, I would kill to have that movie on Blu-ray or DVD, because I think it's worth being yeah. preserved like that. Oh, totally. Because who else is going to buy Apple TV Plus unless you're, like, watching the Charlie Brown specials? Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, they're making a new Snoopy show on uh, Apple TV. I don't know if you heard yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, I heard about, about that. that should well, be... they did, like, some deal with PBS where they aired them on PBS Kids, the specials. but uh. PBS Kids! <laughs> yeah. Okay, speaking of PBS Kids, have you seen this, like, a new version of Clifford the Big Red Dog? I saw that, and honestly, I'm not really all that, that mad. I'm just like, eh, well, whatever. Oh, it's weird how, like, they it's still labeled as season three of Clifford, even though it has absolutely none of the original cast or characters or animation style. Oh, it's kind of odd. oh you're not talking about the um, live-action movie, are, are you? No, no, the new show that's on. <gasps> oh, right I didn't now. I didn't know about that, actually, no. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a new show where, Cause, cause Clifford... like, aside from Emily and Clifford themselves, it's all different characters. Hmm. And it's, like, a different style that I guess is trying to look similar to the books. Is, uh, that. 
is Emily Elizabeth all grown up now? No, she's still a kid, but she's voiced by somebody different. Listen. Now, also, something interesting that I saw is uh, Emily and Clifford can talk to each other. It's not like all humans and all dogs can speak to each other. It's just, I guess, that they're such close friends that they can do was, that. Was that in the original books? I don't think so. See, I, I don't know about that, because the, 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 not to sound like, I like this when I was younger, but, but like, the, the point, to me, the charm about Clifford the Big Red Dog, and, and this can also go for other PBS kids shows, is that, you know, animals can talk to each other, but humans don't, don't know about it. Yeah. That's the, the charm. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, don't I don't know if you know this, but uh, they're still making new episodes of Arthur and Cyber Chase. Oh, yeah. Isn't Arthur, like, Flash animated now? Yeah, he's been that way for a while now. You know, I, and, I look and back... And also Cyber Chase, too. Yeah, but, but I look back on some of those episodes of Arthur, and they're, like, really dark. Yeah, some of them. But, and even, like, the... the spin-off po- actually, the spinoff postcards from Buster, I think, is the first cartoon ever to show a gay or lesbian couple, like a live-action Well, at least on, on a kid show. Yeah, at least on PBS, which is funny, because, like... There, there was a future Arthur episode where Mr. Rapper got married. Yeah, I heard about that. And and that was really sweet. <laughs> Which, honestly, like, looking back at Mr. Rapper, it's like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Is that cake? <laughs> oh, God. Mr. Ratburn, the worst teacher ever. He wasn't that bad. Come on. He gave homework on Thanksgiving vacation. He was prepping them up for college. Oh, but there's going to be third grade for the rest of their lives. <laughs> exactly. Listen, everyone, you must work hard just like me because I had to go to Harvard, okay? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, the Clifford reboot is just kind of eh. But uh, I have seen some episodes of the, the, the Blues Clues reboot. That's actually really good because it's made by the same people. Oh, cool. And, the, and uh, Steve and Joe are producers on it, so sometimes they show up in oh, the yeah. episodes. And, and they have a new host, right? Yeah, they, yeah, it's a new guy named Josh. Who's uh, he's he's pretty good. He says he's funny. So. <laughs> as long as he's as long as he's charming. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I think that kind of goes into. I don't. I see no shame in you know anyone admitting that like oh yeah you know I, I still enjoyed the, these kid shows like when I was younger especially I thought. Well, I, I guess I didn't because I, I I didn't have that preconceived notion, but like. I thought the Looney Tunes were made for, for kids, and then I realized, oh, no, they are not. Yeah. Well, yeah, some are, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of adult jokes in there. Right. Well, I mean, uh, like, if you go back to, like, the original cartoons, they weren't made for kids or adults. They were kind of just made for everyone. Right, yeah. So you have, like, some, like, really cutesy ones, and some where, <laughs> where Bugs just strips people. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, well, uh... Well, yeah, there's also, like, suicide jokes and... Yeah. I like wish the... I were dead. Man, do you mean it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's one, uh, it's not Looney Tunes, it's a Popeye cartoon that's different than a lot of the others. There's no spinach or Pluto. It just ends, it's about, like, uh, Popeye taking his, uh, little friend over to his birthday party and he keeps, uh, messing up and oh, hurting Popeye. Oh, shorty. Oh, God. Yeah, and it just ends with Popeye shooting him. Which was the best part of the entire cartoon. <laughs> Happy birthday to my... <laughs> but, yeah, I think, honestly, I look back at a lot of those cartoons, and I think, while I do enjoy a lot of modern stuff, for sure, 
I, I do like to look back at a lot of classic cartoons that go like, yeah, that was the shit. Oh, yeah, 100%. So aside from Looney Tunes and Popeye and all that, and, and Tom and Jerry, what other classic cartoons inspired your set sense of humor? Uh, well, uh, you know, Disney doesn't really get talked about as much as uh, Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry in terms of funny stuff, but uh, Donald Duck and, and Goofy as well are both really, really funny in my opinion. Just, uh, I've always said that if there was ever a character that was the most relatable cartoon character ever, it's Donald Duck. Definitely. The, the way he gets so aggravated over the tiniest thing. Yes, yeah, that's just me in a nutshell. <laughs> I think my, probably my favorite one is Chef Donald when he's making the waffles and he accidentally pours rubber cement in there. <laughs> and, uh, and he's trying to break apart the spoon in the bowl and it's just gets more and more aggravated. Well, I also think of, like, I guess this is a more controversial one, but, like, the one where he thinks he's a Nazi. Like, that could, yeah, yeah. That could never... Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That could never well, Donald, be Donald, I'd have to say, probably has more problems than any other Disney character because he has so many nightmares in different cartoons. I know. he's He kind of needs, like, years of therapy, which is probably why he only has nephews, not children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God. But uh, that's and done. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, I, I think Disney does... In, in fact, even some of the Looney Tunes c- cartoons, some of the, the, those gags would actually be taken from Disney. And I'm not ju- not yeah. I'm not ju- just saying like, oh yeah, back when they they did Bosco the Talking Kid, but like, you know, even Frank Tashin, one of the, the Looney Tunes directors, said like, oh yeah, a lot of those gags were taken from Disney. We we just yeah. trust them. Well, everybody stole from each other back then. Oh yeah, like th- th- there's no shame in that. Like even, and to be fair, like. Oh, like these cartoons nowadays are so formulaic. But like back then, not a lot of people would even see the the, the cartoons, and even if they they did, it'd be like one showing at a time. Yeah. So like, you went to like one of those Saturday matinees or whatever. Exactly, and you know, even so, I I, I guess by the time they played on television, then p- people started p- picking it up. But, but no one really saw a future for for, for those cartoons outside of th- theaters anyway. Right. Yeah. Which is probably why the UPA shorts are mostly just seems like, oh, there's just the pretentious cartoons. Like, which, like, yeah, there's some pretentious UPA cartoons, but there's also some really funny ones. Yeah. But uh, with that said, um, in your opinion, do you prefer pseudo-realistic animation or very abstract minimal stuff or somewhere in b- between? Probably more abstract, and but somewhere in between. Like, I, I've never really been into anime or anything like that. I like funny stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's funny anime. Yeah, I guess, but uh, the only one, well, it's not an anime, it's done in the style, but you know, you know what I'm going to say next, you know, the only thing related to anime that I like is Totally Spies. <laughs> for no other reason other than the fact that any chance they get, they show sexy girls. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I remember that show when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, all that, yeah. that crap. But, but yeah, I mean, like, it took me years to actually figure out that Ren and Stimpy are a dog and a cat because they don't yeah, look the, like anything. They don't even yeah. Ren doesn't even look like a dog. He looks more more like a rat. Yeah, I think that joke in the Stimpy's fan club where one kid asks if he's a mosquito came from uh, Billy West, not knowing what Ren was supposed to be when he saw pictures of it. <laughs> exactly. It's like they they conceived Ren from this weird deep psychosis or something because he ain't no dog. <laughs> but. With that said, I think nowadays, I guess we live in a day and age where people are complaining a lot about not necessarily stereotypes, but more like tropes in animation that could be quote unquote problematic, which is understandable for sure. But when do you feel like something in a cartoon, whether it be like 
oh, this is an anti-PC joke or, oh, that's like offensive towards someone. Do, when do you feel like people are kind of like exaggerating about that, even if they have decent points? And when do you feel like, oh, yeah, like that should not be be uh, It's a tough one. I, I know that there's examples of people like going too far and stuff like that. Uh, I can't really think of it off the top of my head. But, uh, I mean, there's certain jokes that could cut out of like older cartoons when they air them on TV. Oh, yeah. That don't really need to be. Yeah. Like, like uh, uh, did you hear a while ago? But of course, it's a while ago because it was in the '90s. But uh, did you hear about the one episode of Beavis and Butthead that got banned? Which one was that? That's uh, so. It's about uh, them going to a comedy club and actually accidentally setting it on fire. <laughs> and, uh, so some five-year-old kid saw that and decided to do it in his trailer home and accidentally killed his younger sister. Oh my so God. that episode got banned. And uh, later episodes of Beavis and Butthead got moved to 10.30 so the kids wouldn't see it. Right. But uh, it just goes to show that, like, not all cartoons are for kids. Yeah. But, but, I mean, it's not like they're telling anybody to do it. No. But what's actually funny about that whole scenario is that uh, after that happened, they held this press conference discussing censorship in TV and violence in TV. And some guy who clearly didn't know the source material uh, referred to them as Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> we got this Buff Coat and Beaver, Beaver and something. I don't know. I've never seen well, it. The, and the writers saw that and thought it was so funny that they put that in an episode <laughs> where they're painting Mr. Anderson's house or something. Like, you folks kind of remind me of someone. Uh, you might, some kids around here, are Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> that is so brilliant. Because, like, it. That type type of TV censorship goes as far back, and you know maybe even earlier. But like, Mighty Mouse: The New Adventures got canceled because oh yeah, because they thought he was snorting cocaine, right? Yeah, but, but even though if you actually watch the episode, he, he's really just sniffing a flower, and so, yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like I think he, he also went on to, to like attack Ralph Bakshi since he made Fritz the Cat, and Ralph was like, "Listen, I absolutely hate violence in real life. There's no way I, I would ever include stuff that dirty in a kids cartoon." Yeah, and going back to Ren and Stimpy, when I finally got the DVD and heard that there was a banned episode, I was like all interested. And then when I actually saw it, I was like, it's not that bad. It's pretty much anything else you'd see on Ren and Stimpy. It's... I mean, we all know the main reason why the creator was kicked off the, the show, but that's a story well, for another day. Well, no, no, that I don't think that happened yet. I think it was mainly just that he was late on a bunch of episodes because he... Yeah. If, if he has head up his butt all the time about what. If you miss dead deadlines, that's a major no-no in the industry. Yeah, he did that many many times over. Honestly, uh, which is funny because you know a lot of people could compare him to Gendy Tartakovsky, saying that he's basically everything that the creator of Rensdens and Stimpy is in a good way, because he actually he makes a lot of stuff and he never he almost never misses deadlines. Yeah, but. That's a story for, for for another day. But with that said, so do you feel like nowadays it's a lot easier to make animation not just in the, the, the dependently, but but also on TV shows? Because like even even during the pandemic, and I guess I asked you this all, a while ago, but animators are having you know kind of an easier time making animation than they would have beforehand. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, thanks to you know computers and everything, people have been able to animate at home. Yeah, we kind of touched upon this before, but uh, uh, Dan Pavemeyer was basically able to finish the Phineas and Ferb movie from his home office, and uh, <laughs> you know, this you see stories about like most voice actors have their own home studios for auditions and stuff like that, so they've been able to record yeah. their stuff from home. 
yeah, it, it, it's definitely easier to do stuff nowadays. And, you know, it's so seamless that, that you d wouldn't even notice. Yeah. But uh, with that said and done, do you feel like there's going to be an easier time for people to get into the, the industry straight out of college? Um, I'm not sure. That, like, animation's a hard career to set, get your foot in the door for. Like, even for, like, an internship, you have to have, like, a master's degree or whatever. Well, uh, no, you can have a bachelor's, and you can even... That's true. You That's can true. even... But like, if you're someone like me who just has an associate's degree, like, I might have to do, like, online classes or something if I wanted to work at an official studio. You can sign up for Dave Proxima's cat class, which is basically classical animation training. Oh, that's... That's good. I want to look into that. Yeah. Shout out to Dave Pruxma, Davey. Yep. <laughs> uh, with that said, I think we'll wrap this up with a couple more questions because we have been railing on for, for like, what, an hour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's the thing people should know about us is that we get off topic a lot whenever we talk. I think people, anyone who's listened to, to this podcast has known that since day one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with that said, so... I guess I'll, I'll just ask more of like a fun question now. Uh, and I'm sure you, this has changed over time, but what would you say is, whether it be a movie, a cartoon, a series, whatever, what is your favorite and least favorite piece of animation of all time? Oh, God, that's so tough. <laughs> um, well, I guess like for shows, my favorite, it's still going to be regular show. <laughs> but, uh Maybe Family Guy might be my least favorite of all time. It's hard to say. I mean, it just kind of like encompasses everything I don't like in, in a cartoon. But uh, mm -hmm. in terms of movies, I mean, that's not fully anime, but Roger Rabbit is also my favorite movie along with yours. Oh, yeah, uh, same actually, uh, one of my, Actually, my final project for drawing one was I did like a collage of like all the different characters are in that. Uh, that's a lot of characters. Yeah, well, I skipped some of them, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, most of them are in there. Um, I haven't seen that many bad anime movies, though. Good. <laughs> I've seen too many. <laughs> yeah, well, I said this on Twitter a while ago that, you know, one reason that 2D animation's never officially going to die is the fact that, you know, when 2D animation's bad, it just mainly looks kind of choppy and maybe badly drawn. Bad CGI animation uh, looks like this, and I showed pictures of uh, Food Fight, uh, <laughs> Rhapsody Street Kids, Joshua and the Promised Land, and uh, actually, one of the Wiggles videos was uh, called Space Dancing, was uh, all CGI animated, and it looks fucking terrible. <laughs> They're really awfully designed. The lip syncing is terrible. It's it's just a bunch of stuff like that. You know, the Wiggles is usually, like, high-quality, young children's entertainment. But, like, that just kind of seems like they were phoning it in. It seems like they, they, need, they needed to, to get it out really quickly, so they gave it to yeah. a B team or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I still remember to this day that Ant Bully was the first movie I ever walked out of early. You know, I've just like so fucking boring. I've never walked out on a movie in my life, but if there was any movie that I think I would have wa walked out on, it might have been probably like the Maze Runner or something, Maze Runner Two. Uh, oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I like those movies when they came out, but that's I I, I don't know if I have any interest in rewatching them. Mm. But with that said, my final question. So you still got a, a YouTube channel and all that, and you still occasionally post dumb tweets and all that, like like usual. Um, no shame in that. Uh, 
what do you expect to make on your YouTube channel within the coming years or just this year in general? Well, I don't know about this year, but uh, I kind of get inspiration whenever something pops to me. So it's this different stuff. But like one day I would like to do animations on the web. So again, I don't have any software right now, but, um, but I don't know. It's uh, be something kind of interesting to do because I, like I said, I have lots of ideas and my art style might not necessarily fit in with like a lot of other cartoons on TV, but no, but I think I could do some funny stuff online. Like, you know, when you're online, you, you don't have anybody telling you what to do or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you end up creating, so so to speak. But, mm-hmm. the, you know, there's there's no stopping what you uh, decide to create. And uh, I think that would be re- really fascinating to, to check out, nonetheless. But, yeah, I think with that said and done, hope this interview didn't bore you all too much. But <laughs> uh, that should wrap this interview up. So until next time, thank you for your time, Michael. You're welcome. And stay tuned for next week, folks. I, I got a, another big guest coming up soon. But until then, dance on, folks. Bye.